0: Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Are
1: all terrorists crazy? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carroll, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Have you ever asked yourself that? Are all terrorists crazy? It's kind of like asking, are all murderers crazy? And the answer is, uh, although it does seem crazy to want to kill people, whether you are killing your ex-spouse who you're divorcing and you're fighting over custody, or you're killing non-believers as a terrorist. Um, It seems like a crazy thing to do, but not all of them would actually fit into the a psychiatric designation, a diagnostic classification, the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual that psychiatrists use, um, not all of them would meet criteria for an actual mental illness. Now, the reason why um, this is important is because when terrorists are caught, the question is, should they go to jail or should they go to a psych hospital? just like with murderers. Um, Should they be put away, locked away forever, uh, or given the death penalty for that matter? Or um, should they be put in a psychiatric hospital? So the reason why this is coming up today, and I have done, if you want to look back in some of my other um, podcasts, I have done, uh, this question has come up before and I have addressed it before, whether terrorists are crazy uh, in different contexts than what I'm gonna be talking about sh- with you today. The reason why it's coming up today, uh, what first drew my attention is this new rule, a decree that is has just been taking effect or at least is going through the political channels in France. It's, it's essentially taken effect, but there is controversy. So it's not 100% yet. But um, what it is about is, well, first of all, it started with, in August 2017 in France, when the Minister of the Interior, Gerard Colombe, uh, reported that one third of the people who were reported for alleged radicalization had quote, psychological disorders. Les désordres psychologiques or psychiatric in most cases, I'm sure. So that happened uh, in 2017. And then uh, in 2018, May, the uh, this decree was announced that i'm going to tell you about um it was announced but the actual details weren't fully disclosed until just now and still it is facing uh, several appeals it has become a decree just now but it is facing several appeals so it might not continue and what this is all about is that um, it's the idea, since, since if it's true, and, and you know, I'm sure um, the statistic of a third of people who were radicalized have psychological disorders in France, ha- the, the statistic is probably uh, somewhat similar in the U.S., or for that matter, all over, although it has not been very rigorously tested yet. But in any case, since there is this uh, suggestion that at least some and not an insignificant or insignificant amount of people who are terrorists, who are, um, who become charged or convicted with terrorism, um, are mentally ill, then what do we do about that? Should we be doing something to um, to try to prevent these terror attacks by looking at the issue of mental illness. And that's what this decree is about. It is a decree that tells mental health professionals that they need to report patients who they think are in danger of terrorism radicalization. Now, a lot of the mental health professionals have concerns about this, because of patient confidentiality in other words will patients report the truth about whether they believe in you know isis or in other terrorist ideas if they know that if they do report it they are likely to be reported by the mental health professional to the police or the other french authorities now this is kind of similar to what is happening in the us what has has been happening uh a controversy in the us about gun control in that in some states there was this question about whether psychiatrists or other mental health professionals should report people who are mentally ill and who have guns or who talk about um, wanting to get guns the actual details are still being uh, debated, Um, but it's kind of a similar sort of situation. I mean, yes, there are rules in uh, many states about how people with backgrounds of mental illness, if they have been involuntarily hospitalized, how they are not allowed to buy guns, but this is something a little different. This is more reporting it at an earlier stage before they buy the guns and kill somebody. Now, getting back to France, So what this decree says, and it was put out by the French Minister of Health, Agnes Bouzine, this says that patients who are involuntarily hospitalized, in other words, committed to the hospital, um, must be reported um, if they do seem to be in danger of terrorist radicalization and two streams of information would be merged. So, in other words, the psychiatrists or the mental health professionals would give the name and the date of birth to this stream, you know, to this data collection stream. And then it will be um, combined, merged with a list of profiles from the terrorism prevention and terrorization reporting file. So in other words, here are people committed into a psychiatric hospital against their will, and if their their names and date of birth will be provided, and if they match the names and date of birth of someone on a terrorism prevention and terrorization file, then Regional magistrates and prefects of police in Paris will be notified. So in other words, these are people who, um, it's not just, they they come to uh, greater attention. You know, I've talked before about how people, there are so many people, not only in France and in Europe, but in the US, all over the place, there are um, so many people who are on these watch lists and we have seen in various terror attacks how um, even including sri lanka for example how people who were on watch lists there aren't enough people to watch them the government doesn't have enough people to watch them so they slip under the radar and lo and behold they perpetrate an attack so now this is a way to um, bring people on this terrorism watch list to more immediate attention, if they have been committed involuntarily to a psychiatric hospital. Now, um, there's also in France um, something called the National Commission for Information Informatiques. Well. Yes, the French. (laughs) National Commission for Informatiques, information, basically, and freedoms or um, information that, you know, um, like these kinds of lists. Now, they're supposed to be consulting on this whole project. Um, But needless to say, there is um, a lot of controversy about it. But, you know, really, there is something to be said for it. And I will explain why. It's because um, people who have psychiatric disorders, particularly, I'm talking about mainly um, psychotic, uh, psychotic psychiatric disorders like schizophrenia and manic depressive illness, which is also called bipolar. There are reasons why people with these mental illnesses are more vulnerable to radicalization And when we come back, I will tell you what those reasons are. So stay tuned.
0: You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned, and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Now back to the terrorist therapist show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll.
1: Welcome back. Before the break, I promised I was going to tell you about why people with mental illness, particularly those with psychotic mental illnesses, are more vulnerable to radicalization, and I will do that. And this is all in the um, as part of the today's topic, which is: Are all terrorists crazy? Now, you may think, um, you know, you may be horrified (laughs) uh, by the idea that I, as a psychiatrist and a forensic psychiatrist at that, um, would say that, um, well, would either say that terrorists are crazy or say that uh, crazy, I'm not saying that crazy people are all terrorists. Let, Let me clarify that part. We all know that. They don't all become terrorists, but there are reasons why people with these psychotic mental illnesses like schizophrenia and manic depressive illness are more vulnerable to radicalization. And some of these things are, some of these reasons are, well, the main reason is that um, these psychoses and by definition mean that the person is out of touch with reality. They have hallucinations and or delusions. So what does this mean? This means that they are more able to swallow the propaganda put out by terrorists, Um, whether it's on the internet or whether it's actually in person meeting a terrorist who wants to uh, radicalize them. And this is made all the easier because People with these psychotic mental illnesses are most often ostracized and are on the fringes of society, unless, of course, they're in treatment. (laughs) Um, But if they're not in treatment, they are typically unable to work, unable to maintain strong relationships with their family, and unable to make friends. Again, I'm talking about if they are not treated. I, I have treated countless, hundreds, if not thousands of people with schizophrenia and manic depressive illness. And I can tell you that they can be productive members of society if um, they are in treatment, meaning psychotherapy plus medication. Now, another reason why uh, they are vulnerable to radicalization is because of age. Schizophrenia typically comes on, the first break of schizophrenia typically comes on between age 18 and 25 or even uh, a little later, but those are the ripe ages. These are the typical ages that people become radicalized to become terrorists. Now manic depressive illness or bipolar becomes um, manifest a little later, more like the 25 to 30 um, ages. This is not, this is not um, it's not only at these ages, but this is the typical presentation. So all of these reasons make these people more um, vulnerable to becoming radicalized. Now, I'm going to tell, tell you about two cases um, that have just been in the news and they of terrorists who have just been charged or sentenced, and they illustrate this point. Both of them do have a psychiatric uh, history, one of them. Um, is more definite than the other, but um, they give uh, the examples of how complicated it becomes to try to decide whether they should be sentenced to jail or sentenced to a psychiatric hospital. Um, The first one is a man named Adele Daoud. And in 2012, good old... Adele um, plotted a terrorist attack in Chicago. Now, he was 18 at the time in 2012. So, again, you know, the typical um, ripe onset for schizophrenia. I do not know, it has not been made public exactly what diagnosis he's been given. But the reason why he's in the news today is because he was just sentenced to 16 years in prison for his Chicago terrorist plot. So in 2012, um, he pressed a detonator on what he thought was a car bomb in downtown Chicago. And now he is saying that he was crazy at the time. So in 2012, um, he was arrested, now again, he was 18, he was arrested on federal charges for planning a terrorist attack, a car bomb. And the way that he was caught was that uh, an FBI agent, undercover agent, posed as an Islamist jihadist. And he offered him, he offered Adele a fake car bomb, a thousand pound fake car bomb. And Dayud um, believed that it was a real bomb And he tried to detonate it in a Jeep outside a restaurant in downtown Chicago called the Cactus Bar and Grill. Now, at the time when he was charged, um, a judge declared him mentally incompetent, and meaning that um, he was not competent to stand trial. And I will tell you what that means in a minute. But not only did he try to um, detonate this bomb outside the cactus bar and grill, but he also had a list of other targets that he was planning to attack nightclubs, bars, movie theaters, and other public locations in Chicago. Now, how do you become incompetent to stand trial? Well, first of all, um, you have to to be competent. You have to understand the charges brought against you. That's the first thing. You have to really have a, a, an understanding, a, a reasonable understanding of the charges brought against you. And you have to be able to aid in your own defense, which means you have to be able to know what the judge does, what the lawyers do. Um, you have to be able to talk to your lawyer in a way that makes sense. Um, to, you know, help your lawyer defend you, basically. Now, that is different from not guilty by reason of insanity. The competency test comes at the beginning of a trial, you know, to see whether you are able actually to stand trial. The not guilty by reason of insanity comes at the end of a trial if that is what is proven that you have a mental disease or defect which made you unable to determine right or wrong at the time of the crime. So getting back to Adele Daoud. Um, so he was charged. He was found incompetent to stand trial. And um, he was, um, he was, let's see, he um, Trying to, I'm trying to give you this in the right time frame. Um, now, at the time that he was brought to trial, the prosecutors wanted to give him 40 years, and the defense wanted to just give him psychiatric treatment. So in 2016, now again, this was 2012 when he was arrested and charged. In 2016, the U.S. District Judge Sharon Coldman, that's when she decided that he was mentally incompetent, because he claimed, I mean, she, she had to have decided that in 2012 as well, because he, presumably, he was, because he was put in jail. Um, well, he was put in jail, and then in 2016, she declared that he should um, be put in a psychiatric hospital um, for at least three months and treated, and then he would be brought back to court to see if he could stand trial. So um, the reason some of the reasons why she thought he was mentally incompetent was because he claimed that the prosecutors and his lawyers were Illuminati employed Freemasons. In other words, people who were specially enlightened. Um, these were secret people he believed who were specially uh, had special religious enlightenments. He really, you know, it was just, it was just psychotic. And he also thought that his lawyers and the judge were lizards. (laughs) So he was put in a psychiatric facility for at least three months and um, treated. And then when he was brought back to court, um, he took uh, an Alford plea, meaning that it wasn't exactly a pure guilty It's a plea where you concede that the prosecutors have evidence to convict you, but you don't admit that you did anything wrong. So um, he was sentenced. So as I said, he was just sentenced. That's the news. That's why he's in the news. He was just sentenced to 16 years in prison for his original 2012 plot, you know, his original attempt, not just a plot, but his attempt to detonate this bomb that fortunately, you know, was not real. And at his sentencing, he apologized to his parents, to the Muslim community, to the court, and to the United States. And he said that all of his uh, psychiatric medications and his treatment while he was in jail made him realize that he was crazy during the time that he plotted his terrorist attacks. Now... Do we, was it, was he, (laughs) you know, was he really, or um, is, did he, is he, did he come to a sentence senses enough now to know that that's what he should say to get a a lesser sentence? But obviously um, there was enough enough, um, proof to convince the judge somewhat Um, although he was still given 16 years in prison, not in a psych hospital. But again, the prosecutors had wanted 40 years. So it did um, impress the judge to some extent. But when we come back, I will talk to you about another example of this whole conundrum, (laughs) crazy or um, pure terrorist, uh, of a case in Arizona that has this similar uh, question to be posed. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back.
0: You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned, and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Now back to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll.
1: Welcome back to today's show where we're talking about are all terrorists crazy? Again, um, this is similar to asking whether all murderers in general are crazy. And of course, the reason to ask this, uh, well, one reason is to decide whether they should go to jail when they're convicted or to a psychiatric hospital. And the reason why this is coming up today is because a couple of different um, people have been uh, convicted on or arrested and or convicted of and sentenced um, to on terrorism charges where this whole issue of of insanity came up. And also because uh, of what the French are doing with this decree um, saying that mental health professionals have to provide the names and the date of birth of any patient who's been involuntarily hospitalized uh, against their will, to um, who seem vulnerable—not just any patient who's been hospitalized against their will, but if they seem uh, in danger of being radicalized by terrorists. And, you know that's a that's a distinction that a psychiatrist would have to make and which is not easy because not everybody who's psychotic is necessarily uh in danger of being radicalized by terrorists I mean, a lot depends upon who they're going home to for example you know um if they're if i uh, was treating a patient in the hospital who was had been hospitalized against his will. One of the things I would uh, use to decide whether they are vulnerable to terrorist radicalization would be what kind of aftercare are they going to get? Are they living alone? Are they, um, do they have a job? Do they have a family who's going to look out for them or friends who make sure that they will come for treatment every week or every month and keep taking their medications? Or are they just going to be, you know, out in the street? And um, how many, how much of the time do they have hallucinations and or delusions, which will, you know, which makes them more vulnerable to believing the propaganda that terrorists will feed them because after all if you're having hallucinations or delusions about crazy kinds of things um how difficult is it to believe what terrorists is, is is well radical Islamist terrorists tell you in terms of why non-believers should be killed and how you are going to go to heaven you're going to be a martyr you're going to get uh uh, international attention. Well, that's not crazy to believe you're going to get international attention, because yes, terrorists do get that. So that's not being crazy. But, um, you know, and but then telling them that they're going to be martyrs, and they're going to go to heaven, and they're going to get 72 virgins. I mean, really, that doesn't sound particularly crazy to someone who ha- already has hallucinations and delusions about all kinds of stuff. And oftentimes, it's religious stuff but particularly people who are either paranoid schizophrenic or in a manic state um, they will often have religious uh, hallucinations and delusions so it's really even easier if they have those kinds of psychotic behaviors uh, for them to believe what a terrorist tells them about about what will happen if, well, what will happen if they don't kill non-believers and what will happen if they do. So they are more vulnerable. So these are the people who now in France, again, it is still a controversy and it's facing appeals, but for right now, they need to decide if patients are vulnerable to terrorist radicalization and they need to report the names And that, as I was saying before, is gonna be compared to a list, a watch list of people who seem to be, um, that the the, the government is watching as potentially capable of terrorist attacks. I think this is a good idea. I know you might be surprised that as a psychiatrist, I am saying this, but as a psychiatrist uh, who has treated countless, countless, countless um, psychotic people and still do, um, I, I think it's actually a way of protecting them. It's not a punitive thing. Um, I know it might sound punitive at first, but it is really protecting them against themselves because in the case that I just described of Adele Daoud, who um, now now that he's been treated with, treat, with therapy, although I don't know how much therapy he gets, he has gotten in jail in Chicago, but um, unfortunately, people don't get very much therapy in jail. but he did get medication, and um, he is now at his sentencing saying apologizing and saying that he realizes that he was crazy in 2012 when he was 18 and um, was and tried to bomb the cactus bar and grill. So now he's sentenced to 16 years in prison. If, well, ideally, if he had gotten treatment before he w- fell, before he was influenced by the FBI undercover agent, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. I'm sure his uh, attorneys tried to say entrapment uh, of a vulnerable mentally ill man, but it didn't get them super far. He still got 16 years, but at least he didn't get 40. So now I'm gonna tell you about a man in Arizona named Ishmael Hamed, he's 18, and he was just charged with terrorism um, and spreading Islamic State propaganda. Now his story begins in January, and again, 18, that is the year, that is the age, that is typically when schizophrenia first manifests. So now January, 2019, he contacted 911 and he was outside of a sheriff station. And he told the 911 dispatcher that he wanted to talk to a sheriff's deputy. And a, a sergeant came outside and contacted him outside the sheriff's station. And Ishmael began throwing rocks at the sergeant and began coming towards him with a knife. So he was then charged with two counts of terrorist, of terrorism and um, aggravated assault. And he um, was then t- taken in, of course, um, and the sheriff's office began doing an investigative report. Oh, also when he called the 911 dispatcher, the reason why he was you know, charged with terrorist um, a terrorist attack, not just, you know, trying to kill a sheriff, <laughs> was because um, when he called the 911 dispatcher, he swore allegiance to ISIS and then he committed the assault. Um, also, so in the investigation of him after he's been arrested, um, he was uh, found to. Uh, have used electronic communication to spread ISIS propaganda to his friends. He was just sharing it with his friends, you know, what's what's wrong with that, right? Um, And some of these things that he shared included his admiration of Omar Mateen and a video of Anwar al-Awlaki, who is um, the English-speaking cleric, he's now deceased, who I've talked about him before. He is uh, recognized as an authority who justifies the violence attacks of non-believers. So that's what he was steeped in, Ishmael Hamid. Um, Hamid, and he um, and his he worked at <laughs> he worked at uh, places like Target and Lowe's, and his coworkers before this whole before he called 911 and got himself in trouble his coworkers had noticed that he had odd behavior so for example he worked at target and he used the employee radio to shout out inappropriate messages like we are under attack and like we are under heavy fire When he also, when he was a cashier at Target, he stood on the grocery belt and he yelled bomb. Now, one would have thought that he would have been, and presumably he was, fired from there. But, um, you know, if he would have gotten psychiatric treatment at that time, they would have stopped him from getting himself in more trouble and calling 911 and saying that he is pledging his allegiance to ISIS. He also worked at Lowe's, and his coworkers there uh, described him as a little weird. And one coworker said, for example, "You better keep an eye on that guy." And uh, again, you know, he was not referred to a. Doesn't say anything about his having been, um, you know, nine one one being called to take him to a psychiatric hospital. Um, so he is still in the investigation stage. A lot of what is, has come out in the investigative report just now is redacted. So he is going through the courts and we, um, it's too early at this point to say exactly what is going to happen to him in terms of whether he's going to be treated psychiatrically or, um, just, just charged with, um, terrorist attacks that require X amount of, uh, uh, jail time. Now, you know, I mean, ideally, this is someone who, um, also should be sent to a psychiatric hospital because the things that he is reported to have done are a little more than just, um, Uh, odd, you know, odd behavior, inappropriate messages. I mean, people are so afraid to be considered non-PC that instead of getting people help who are clearly more than odd, um, they, they, you know, they, I guess, fired him, but they don't do anything to help him. Let me tell you, if you see somebody, if you know somebody or you come across somebody who is doing things like this, Um, please do more than say, hey, that guy is odd. Not just because they might ultimately um, perpetrate a terror attack someday soon uh, and and also because they might at home be searching the internet for videos, you know, ISIS propaganda and so on that then push them to perpetrate an attack. Um, But because they need psychiatric help. I mean, the kinds of things that he was shouting Um, seemed like he was responding to command hallucinations uh, or delusions. He was obviously deluded, you know, saying we are under attack. We are under heavy fire. In his mind, um, it seems like he was really believing that. So clearly that is psychotic. Well, thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol